Welcome, everyone, um, to the session about flexible billing options with Amazon Workspaces. Um, very delighted to be here on stage with Richard Perez, who leads end-user computing at News UK, um, and he's, how he's going to talk about his journey with Amazon Workspaces and how the flexible billing options really helped uh, News UK, which is a media company with a diverse and wide range of users and use cases, um, how hourly workspaces helped them uh, get to where they needed to be for the organization while saving on costs. So I really want to start this discussion with what we heard from our customers in the past two and a half years since the service has been available. So what our customers have been telling us for the past few years is that there is this pretty rapid change in the business landscape in terms of business productivity and end user productivity. There is a more demanding mobile workforce that is actually pushing the boundaries of what they want to do in their organizations and really tr transforming what the IT function is and making sure that the IT function can be as agile and as quick to move with the business to support that need of this new, uh, new landscape and business. So we'll cover a little bit of the emerging trends that we are hearing from our customers. I'll walk you through that a bit. And why did we think about building something um, uh, which is going to provide that flexibility? And this is something that Rich and I will cover as well in our talk, that it really is a collaboration between our customers and the service teams at AWS that really lead to the innovation that helps customers in their journeys into the AWS cloud or with a particular service uh, at AWS. For folks that may not be fully familiar with Amazon Workspaces, I'll give you a brief overview of what the service is all about and how it can benefit uh, you and your organization. We'll cover in more detail the two billing options that we provide today to our customers. This is the monthly billing option, which is a low-cost, flat monthly fee for, uh, designed for full-time users in mind, and the hourly billing option, which is designed with part-time users in mind, and I'll give you more specifics about what that is and how is that structured. Then I'll walk you guys through a demo. We'll go to the actually AWS management console, go create a couple of workspaces, assign them the right kind of um, billing option assignments through a running mode property that we, we've created, and make sure you're familiar with how easy it is to create users, manage users, and give them desktops quickly through a few clicks of a button in the AWS management console or using our APIs. After the demo, I'll hand it over to Rich Perez, as I mentioned, is leads the end-user computing story at News UK, and he'll walk you through his journey on how they went from two years ago where they only had a single option to now where they have multiple options and they continue to work with us um, to improve the service uh, with us and make sure that they can offer more for their users. At the end, we'll do a quick recap. We'll walk, walk through what we just covered, and uh, we'll leave you some parting thoughts. We do have 10 minutes for Q&A, and there are mics associated on both ends of the, of the, of the hall. You guys just stand up and uh, ask questions, and I'm happy to take them at the end of the presentation. All right, let's get started with the changing landscape of business. So what I've been hearing from our customers across various industries, whether it be financial services, whether it be healthcare, whether it be media and entertainment, is that there is a movement where, um, where the new style of work is very different than the old style of work. People demand to work from anywhere on any device at any time, and they do not want any service interruption while they're doing that. They want the desktops and the actual um, machine that they're working on to just simply follow along. I mean, the personal mobile devices, personal devices is a trend that we had been seeing when we launched Amazon Workspaces, but we've been surprised how quickly organizations are adopting this trend. For example, when I work on my workspace on a, on a, 20, on, on a 
not 24-7, but on an 8-hour, 10-hour workday, I'm using bringing my own device to work because I'm most familiar with it. I'm most productive with it. I like the screen. I like the keyboard layout. And that's a trend that businesses are adopting because it makes their users more productive. The other trend that organizations are trying to be more agile and dynamic is to be able to support, quickly support, field workers, contract workers, temporary workers in their organization. How many of you are familiar with uh, the concept of on-premises VDI? Or, or how many of you deploy personal desktops into your organization? Okay. So in order to do this at scale, which is that, hey, we want to add 1,000 more users in five days. What's the thought exercise that goes along by doing that? Our customers tell us that when some kind of requirement like this comes to them, perhaps supporting a training video, training or demo use case with their organization, bringing in new employees as part of an investment or a merger acquisition, it takes planning, it takes time, it takes a lot of effort to get those users productive quickly as opposed to something that's more dynamic and flexible. Access from mobile devices is obviously not just a trend that's established now. It has been growing for many, many years. And being able to provide full corporate-based resources on mobile devices is a challenge for a lot of our customers. What they prefer do, to do is to provide a fully functional desktop environment in the AWS cloud and have a client that connects to it with all the data being secure in the AWS cloud and nothing leaving that, that environment. And all you're doing is taking the desktop stream, which is encrypted, compressed, and sent over the wire uh, to a client endpoint device. The IT administrators that I talk to or the organizations that I'm dealing with say that we have to do all of this to support this new dynamic nature of work, to support these personal devices, mobile access, but never compromising on security by lowering their cost structure and being more agile. Like these concepts, if you took them a few years ago, were competing concepts. Maybe you had to make trade-offs. Sometimes the user experience would have to be compromised. Sometimes data security had to be compromised. Clearly agility, which is what is needing to transform an organization from an IT function perspective, will be compromised. So this changing landscape is making IT organizations and generally enterprises think differently in how they want to serve their users. So you, some of you raised your hand and talking about how personal desktop computing and on-premises VDI is something you're familiar with. So let's talk through some of the challenges uh, for that. So personal computers and desktops that you procure are a logistic nightmare. So our customers told us, hey, when we're thinking about deploying personal PCs, the challenge we have is we have to make an order. That order has to be approved. That order gets through our pipelines and eventually gets delivered. Once the inventory comes in, I gotta scan it, I gotta make sure I have racks to put it on somewhere. And then the question they have, same questions they have for on-premises VDI when they make a high CapEx spend. Did I purchase enough? Did I over-purchase? Now if I have to scale this, do this exercise all over again and about 500 more users, what's the thought exercise there? They don't wanna be in the business of constraining themselves to move quickly with technology that doesn't move as fast as the pace of their business does. They tell us that that doesn't work for them. Security is a big concern for personal devices. Um, I've left my device multiple times, perhaps at a coffee lounge or an airport lounge, or it gets busted and I feel there's nothing left on it so I'm not as conscious about it. Organizations care about the data on the devices. They care about securing these endpoints because 
critical corporate resources could be lying on them, and they have to make sure they protect their organization. So high user bar on user experience, yes, but while you maintain security posture of, your, of these devices, then provide a really high secure endpoint that you can manage quickly. I mentioned bring your own devices, a current trend in enter enterprises, and that continues to grow, and so personal computers really don't support that. You have to have a separate image management, but compliance application management scheme just to support a personal device that comes on-premise. You have to worry about data backups. Like how, how many times are you going to be actually in the business of not just actually giving a vending out a hardware uh, box, but also the storage that goes along with it? How, what functions are we providing to make those users fully available if, let's say, the hardware does go bad, which is network file storage, perhaps, or some other means that have to be deployed just to get that sanctity of data uh, to your users at any time they want it. And ultimately, these solutions are expensive to scale, hard to implement, requiring specialized resources, and in fact, lower the flexibility the IT function or the organizations can do for, uh, for the enterprises, leading to more waste of time, which can be repurposed for something that's more innovative and more uh, breakthrough for, uh, for as a function in the, in the organization. So these are the trends that we heard past couple, two and a half years ago from our customers, and we started to hear more of it. And recently, as a result of it, we announced support for an hourly billing model on Amazon Workspaces that helps organizations realize the benefits of a great user experience that's delivered to end users at the same, uh, with the same tooling and same APIs that we support prior to the launch of this billing model um, and, and make them more agile. Uh, one particular stat I think stood out to me when I was doing, uh, when I was talking to customers and I was doing my research for this particular space before we launched the product is that it's estimated that 164 million Americans by 2020 will be doing some sort of freelance work. So think about if you have a 10% workforce that's dynamic, that's temporary, that's coming on at a time that you have to support them. How, did, if that scales 3x, 4x, what tools and mechanisms do you have to enable your organization? Do you have things that can help you move fast enough? Yes, these are some of these folks are the, the Ubers of the world, fast rabbits of the world. But this trend is not necessarily true for the new innovative services that are coming out, but also for enterprises that really want to optimize productivity, lower cost structure, and be dynamic to compete at, at global scale. And Rich, Rich will actually talk a little bit about how News, media, uh, News UK, which is a media company which has journalists, editors all over the world, have to do some rapid work, and they, and they are, were previously constrained by the, 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 challenge, the technology and solutions they had before, before workspaces. So I think it's a telling, uh, telling stat, and it also tells you what you need to be preparing for in the next four years when you think about your function in an organization and how you can rapidly transform your, your organization with tools and technologies that you um, bring to the table. Okay, I want to give you guys a quick overview of Amazon Workspaces. Ultimately, what's central to the service and what our customers tell us and love most about Workspaces is the great user experience. There are a couple elements to that. Because you're not using any local resources, the, the device that you're using actually just acts as a video streaming in-engine, if you would. And all the compute is happening in the AWS cloud and provides you a consistent performance in both compute and storage. The interaction that's happening is happening on, uh, from the host to the client using just the simple keyboard, mouse elements and it's compressed, highly compressed, and set over the wire as a bitmap of what's on the screen. 
apart from that user experience element where we achieve or try to achieve near native experiences, the one thing that customers tell us they like about workspaces is that it's connected to the AWS backbone. So the internet connections are super fast. Connect, we use EBS back volumes to provide extremely high availability on data storage and durability. Ultimately, we're using the AWS fabric to create a managed service for desktop computing, and those benefits get uh, delivered to our customers for free. And this is particularly true for customers who are using Amazon Workspaces as their first foray into AWS. A lot of our customers, are those, in those IT functions and organizations, are, haven't really been exposed to the benefits of the AWS cloud, but they're exposed to it through us because we provide that same kind of durability and, and high availability that AWS offers its customers because we built on that fabric. So customers like us because we deliver that great user experience based on both the interactivity and also the fundamental instance that's, uh, that they're using. Let's cover what's, what's most important, right? We're talking in this session about a flexible billing option options that you have to, uh, between a monthly and hourly billing option. So pay-as-you-go is a fundamental trait of what we do um, uh, provide for our customers at Amazon Workspaces. It's a general philosophy of AWS. So it's not just simply about the actual infrastructure that you're paying as you go, meaning you have 100, 200, 300. As you scale up and you scale down, it is the actual purchasing of licenses. We simplify that, which we'll talk a little bit about how that element of per simplifying the purchasing of just the actual physical, uh, the, the virtual machine, uh, plus the licensing component of it, storage component of it, networking component of it, has really made it simple for them uh, to deploy workspaces, which leads me to, into, to the next portion that customers realize benefits when using workspaces, is that it's simple to just deploy and manage. We have a central location where you can locate all your desktops in the AWS cloud, and manage them through APIs and tooling that you have uh, made available through uh, the, the actions in the management console in a central location. You don't have to worry about that laptop that's gone offline for two years in your network and suddenly <coughs> pops back in. These workspaces are connected to your domain. They're part of your Active Directory, and you know when, who's using them because we provide the CloudWatch metrics to support that. So you have great invisibility in who's using it and, and when. We'll go over that in more detail when we talk about CloudWatch and what uh, capabilities we provide on monitoring and health. So it's simple to manage. It's quick to set up. It's pay-as-you-go. It scales globally within minutes because you can take the same configuration and setup you did in one region and make it available to you know, globally across the regions so those organizations that have global reach or have this haven't been able to solve the dynamic nature of um, employees that are mobile and moving a lot can accomplish that with workspaces. Ultimately, what's also extremely important for organizations is keeping the security bar really high. A lot of our customers have told us they've actually been able to improve the security model with workspaces because nothing leaves the actual workspace. It's all the cloud. All you get is a compressed, uh, encrypted uh, bitmap of, of the desktop experience. We covered a little bit. It's not exactly on the slide, but I want to talk about how well workspaces plays well with existing tools. This is something that Rich will cover as well in this, in this session. That while this service is designed for you to employ, uh, really empower your users and change the IT function, you really don't have to change much about your desktop infrastructure to get there. What do I mean by that? We support multi-factor authentication using existing radius setups that you may have for your, for your organization. We have support for Microsoft Active Directory. We provide a Microsoft Active Direct Managed Directory in the AWS Cloud, or you can connect to one on-premises or in the AWS VPC that you have. Plays well with SCCM, 
which we'll cover more about that in detail as well. So it plays well with existing tools and gives you those benefits of really transitioning to the cloud quickly because you're not investing in a whole lot but just that desktop that you want to provision. So this is the, uh, the center, of, of center of this talk, so I want to now take time to talk, excuse me, more briefly about, uh, in more, actually more detail about the two billing options that we provide today. So uh, as mentioned in the past couple of years, we've been working with customers like Rich and News UK and identifying use cases for workspaces. A trend that we saw was there's a lot of demand, a lot of pent-up demand for temporary workers, for these kind of uh, intermittent work that happens. So we looked at, our, looked at our portfolio and said, actually, there are two major classes of users. One's a class of users is a full-time employee. That's myself. That's uh, those who have been dedicated to a workspaces environment, and that's what they use on a day-to-day -day basis to replace their physical desktop implementation. So monthly workspaces, so, it's a simple, low-fat monthly price that you pay for a single workspace. It's designed with full-time users in mind who need at least eight hours a day worth of work or seven hours a day worth of work across five days a week. It provides instant access. So one thing that's really critical of what the customers tell us about the experience is because the workspace is always running on a monthly basis, it, all your Outlook calendaring, Outlook emails, your chat applications are always syncing up, and it's always on. So you have instant access to your workspace. And what Jeff Barr, who's a great advocate for the service, talks about this permanence effect. You go from home, or you go from work to home, and let's say you have to log in over the weekend. For Jeff, it's writing a blog post for, let's say, workspaces or doing some sort of task, catching up on some work that wasn't accomplished. You have this permanence effect. Workspaces kind of follow you. You don't have to readjust your environment, your context to get to where you need to. So it's great for full-time users. It's designed with them in mind and simplifies your bill because you see one flat monthly fee for that, for that user. The other billing option that we made recently available, which is in August, is hourly billing. This is designed with part-time employees in mind. Quite frankly, we were very surprised when we were talking to our customers how much of their use cases is actually in that bucket. And, you, and Rich will cover that in more detail in his, in his presentation. Um, but it was surprising to us that how the workforce has really evolved. It's not really about you and I necessarily sitting on our desks for a full-time job, while that's a very relevant use case. But there's a lot of dynamism in terms of what's happening in, the, in, in organizations, how quickly things are changing. So part-time employees with infrequent access, few days in a week, few hours in a day, they don't need a full desktop for all that long. Why are customers going to spend all that money and have that waste uh, for that, uh, for that uh, kind of use case? So we worked with our customers uh, the past year or so, defined the product working backwards with them, and created an hourly billing model where you pay a very low flat monthly fee to cover storage, persistent storage, and then on, an, on the hour basis, you basically are paying for when you're using it, and we no longer use it. It comes with additional benefits on the user experience. As mentioned, this is central to how we think, how we think about the service. So when you're not, no longer using it, you can set a default timeout when the user is disconnected at which the workspaces will be automatically stopped. What does that mean? It means that, let's say you have applications open, open documents, folders, uh, your cursors banging away at some Word document, and you're like, okay, I'm done, I gotta go home. The workspace was automatically stopped after a default time of one hour after you've disconnected, in which application state is stored to disk. So the next time you log in, it will resume from hibernation, and you will be left, you will be there where you were left last. 
And that continuity of experience, although is achieved about in 45 seconds or 60 seconds to get you back up from resume, from hibernation, is what our customers tell us has been really a, a great experience for them. While they save on cost. So there's no compromise on user experience while they save on, for, on cost. So it provides quick access and you can do ad hoc tasks. You have APIs to bring them up, apply patches if you want to. Some customers use their own patching mechanisms. We provide a default maintenance mode, which does patching of, on these auto-stop workspaces on a monthly basis once every month. So this kind of gives our customers a, a choice to, uh, to select and choose for their users and then be able to monitor that. So I think at this point, it's kind of uh, important to go and walk what this looks like and show you how easy it is to create users, assign them workspaces, monitor their usage, and be able to really dynamically decide who gets what and how do you change it over time. So I'm going to actually uh, exit out of the presentation a bit and walk over to the AWS Management Console. So I'll start off from the beginning. I hope you guys can see this okay. Okay, so uh, on the bottom right hand, it's the desktop and app streaming sec section. We have workspaces here. If you click on workspaces, you'll see I have created a bunch of workspaces for this session and prior to this session. The one interesting call out worth, worth noting here is we recently, as of 4 p.m. yesterday, announced support for Windows 10. So now you have a modern operating system choice. You can pay for that by the month or by the hour. You can continue to do Windows 7 as well, desktop experience, but you have now an operating system choice. As our customers have told us, they want to move to a more modern operating system. So I launched uh, a Windows 10 experience with Office 2016. This is part of our Plus Bundle offerings, so you can really get started with a modern operating system quickly. So let me walk you through what it means to launch a workspace and how do you select the bundles, how do you select the right um, running mode, which dictates the billing options uh, bit. So when you create a, click on Launch Workspaces, you'll get the option to select the directory. A directory is really a combination of users and objects. But those who are familiar with desktop deployments and on-premises VDI, it's just a, really a, a combination of what that term is in terms of it's a, it's a use for, in AWS in particular to manage users, not necessarily objects. But uh, in the case of uh, just for this demo, I'll be using a simple AD. That's a very Samba-based uh, directory that you can use to create users and quickly do a proof of concept. A lot of customers do that or, or just use that if you have no need for a full managed active directory. So I already have one created. It's called corpamazonworkspaces.com. It has an ID. It's a random ID. I didn't name it necessarily. I'll click on Next. In this case, you, in this page, you will identify users or create users. Uh, I'll create one for Richard. I'm just going to use a dummy uh, email address. So what this email address is for, for in terms of a simple AD that's configured, is where the user gets a notification. That, hey, your administrator has configured something for you. Here's the link to the download site for the client applications, and here's your username. Go set your password and get on and get onto your workspace. So I'll create this user. And as you notice that there's other couple of things on this page, you can also search for all your users in that directory. You can search for a particular user in that directory. Uh, the one capability we provide is when you create that user, it's automatically selected for launching a workspace. You can create, as, you can create up to 20 users in one flow through our APIs um, and our management console. 
You click on next step, you'll see an option of bundle types that we made of, make available to our customers today. We didn't cover in detail our bundle types, but I'll briefly talk about them. They're designed with the kind of use case they serve. The value bundle is designed for task workers. The standard bundle is designed for general office productivity. The performance bundle is designed with power users in mind. I myself have a performance workspace. And we also very recently announced the ability to do a graphics-based desktop in the AWS cloud. What this really helps organizations is to say we have not only the flexibility we need on billing, but we have the compute profile we need to serve our uh, consumer base, uh, user base. And these graphics desktops are great for CAD, CAM, and uh, engineering workloads, designing, design workloads, media entertainment workloads. And so you have these options now very recently that were announced, uh, both in terms of uh, the operating system choices and also bundle choices for workspaces. I will go pick uh, Windows 10 workspace for you, Richard. That sounds okay? Mm -hmm. And this is where you do your selection. It's as simple as selecting a running mode. The running mode indicates the user experience, which ultimately make, makes the billing uh, option available to you. So you have the always-on running mode. We talked about this permanence effect. We talked about all applications are always running in the background. That machine object is always available to you uh, for, for you to manage. And this is based on a monthly bill. Now, it's prorated if you launch in the middle of the month, obviously, because you haven't used the entire month. And the following month, you just get that recurring bill on the first of the month as long as the workspace is still currently available in your account. The one that we are interested in is AutoStop. AutoStop, as mentioned, is bill by the hour. The workspaces uh, start automatically when you log in and stop when no longer being used. This is critical, meaning the users drive the experience there. When you click, when you click on login, um, you enter a user and password, if your workspace had been stopped prior, you'll come back up where you left last from the client application. You don't have to work with your IT admin. You don't have to do anything special or different than what you did today. Think about if you boot up a laptop. Right? It's just kind of that experience. So we try very, and strive really hard to deliver a very near-native experience for our, for our customers because that's what they, what they want without compromising on cost and security. We have other uh, options here on this page. We do offer customers encryption. I won't go over that in much detail, but some organizations have stringent requirements on encrypting the storage volumes at rest and in transit. We provide that functionality using AWS KMS service. We also have the ability to tag workspaces. This is for cost allocation in organizations where they want to have multiple departments they want to serve, and they want to deliver the, the cost to those departments as an IT function in the organization. In this case, I'll say um, for this tag, uh, I'll bill it to reInvent. Uh, this will show up in your cost explorer and the AWS bill, billing management console. I go uh, on my last page, it's just a review of what you're trying to launch. It's a standard bundle with Windows 10. You can obviously change the uh, sizing of the, the, the fields here. In this case, I've set an auto stop time to be default of an hour, meaning when I disconnect from my workspace after an hour, it will be stopped automatically on behalf of you, saving you the cost that, you, that you're striving for. And click Launch Workspace. In the background, we're actually creating the workspace, setting up the, the, the image from which you're launching, creating the user profile, and making it all joint to your domain. Any GPO policies that may be applied when a machine account first uh, gets joined to the domain are being applied. So this takes about 15 to 20 minutes, and the workspace is available in the console uh, for them to use. Once it's available, an email gets sent out to the user. Okay, so in this console, you'll see that I have the running mode shown, I have the status also shown. 
These two things will help you understand what the user has currently received and what state is the actual workspace in. For the, this is an auto-stop workspace, which is a, I created one for this session. It's currently available, meaning that I had logged into very, very recently and it's currently available. So let's look at when I logged in last. So it's available, but I am disconnected. The connection state says I'm currently disconnected, but still available because the hour boundary has not really crossed over. The user was last active at, um, a little while ago. Last state check was a little while ago. So this kind of detail provides you when the user was last logged in, how long have uh, they been logged in will show you that as well, and what's the state of the workspace. So let's say this user has been logged in for quite some time, and I see that, you know what, he's really fitting this month into a full-time employee. He's coming on site. Through a simple action in the AWS console, you can go switch between the properties for a workspace. It has no interruption to the actual user experience. It simply changes the state and the properties of the workspace behind the scene. So I'm going to change this back from auto stop to always on. and the click of a button, it's done, meaning now this, this will always be on. And you can always change it back if you want using APIs and Management Console, but you have that flexibility. OK, let's quickly walk through the CloudWatch experience. I already have it up, and I want to walk through a key metrics that we expose to our users, our, our customers today that helps them understand usage patterns, that helps them understand billing a little bit better. So let me clean this up a bit. Um, start off with user connected. Do a re quick refresh. You'll see that I was connected for a five minute period at 1130. Um, let's make sure this is local time zone. Okay, good. So I was connected at four o'clock, then I connected again at eight o'clock, then I connected three, four <coughs> times after that. This functionality is available for both monthly work, um, um, workspaces built monthly or built by the hour. It gives you that extreme visibility in who is connected, who is doing work, which actually helps with some cases of customers auditing work as well. With that, you also have the ability to check, is it available? Meaning, hey, um, this gives you the indication that workspace is still available in your account. You understand uh, what's happening. And this metric tells you when it was stopped. So this, if the metric for stop, which is a zero or one, if it's a zero, that means it's not stopped, that means it's running. And it goes to one, that means it's stopped. At that point, you know how long you were billed for. It's as simple as that. You can take the chunks of the zeros and ones and really understand what your final bill was. Obviously, this will show up in your cost explorer reports as well, because we bill by the hour and show you that metering charge. But you have that visibility into all workspaces by a directory or by a workspace ID, in fact, where you can see that. And you get that visibility and how to do it. So in this demo, we really kind of quickly covered creating users, assigning them a workspace bundle, setting up a running mode property, and monitoring that with CloudWatch. OK, I will now lead into uh, introducing, once again, Rich Perez, who leads end user computing at uh, News UK, which is a media company um, based out of London. Um, and um, Welcome, Rich. Super delighted that you could join us today Thank in you. talking about the story at News UK. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Simon. Um, good morning, everybody. So, I'll first of all, I'll start off and explain and talk about who News UK are. Um, News UK are one of the largest media companies in the country and part of the, the global organization that is the News Corp Group. We are probably most recognized for the titles the Times, Sunday Times, and the Sun newspaper. 
um, but we also own some other business units. News printers is the facility that prints these, these titles, and we also do so for our competitors as well, so it's not just our own newspapers. The print site just north of, uh, just north of London is a size of around 23 football pitches, and the print machines can actually churn out about 86,000 copies per hour. The reams of paper, uh, each of them weigh, I think it's about two tonnes, um, and it looks like one giant toilet roll, if I'm honest, if I'm not seeing it. Um, we also own other, uh, other publications. We own the TLS, the Times Literature Supplement. Uh, we own some dating publications and um, some motoring. Now, the, the view is and the idea and the purpose is that we just broaden and extend our, our audience reach. Before I go on to workspaces, I think it's worthwhile talking about my end-user computing landscape. I've simplified it by just introducing five key elements here. We are very much a SaaS-orientated business. Um, this, in part, is because of our cloud-first initiative that we started around three years ago. But also, we feel that the SaaS products are, are more aligned to what we want to do and how we want to do it. Um, and certainly, the, the roadmap for these certain products are, are ones that excite us and ones that we feel that the users will get the most out of. So very, very briefly, messaging, we use Gmail. For our collaboration, we use Dropbox, uh, Google Apps, G Apps, or G Suite, I think it's called now. Um, our identity tool, we use Okta. And of course, um, our desktop virtualization in parts, we're using workspaces. Now, I've highlighted two of the hexagons there. And I think, and the reason I've done that is because workspaces fits very nicely into our portfolio of products. Of course, it's a cloud-based solution. And that sits very well with our desktop virtualization um, element there. But it straddles across another one, which is our endpoint services. Today, to manage my um, Windows environment, I use SCCM. And we use it for the, the whole lot, for patching, for packaging, the lot. The benefit is I can use that also for workspaces. I don't have to introduce another tool. I don't have to pay for something else and manage what is effectively, by comparison, a smaller, uh, a smaller community. UGK has around 4,500 users. So it sits very comfortably there, and it's something that my team enjoys. When I deploy uh, a new our monthly patches, I can use a single tool, and they're quite agnostic as to what they're deploying to, a cloud solution or a, or a physical device in the office. So why workspaces? Well, we, we had, and we, and we still do, have a, an on-prem virtualization solution. And as we all know, at some point in time, we need to refresh that, whether it's a three-year, five-year, or we just sweat the asset out forever until it breaks and we have to do something. But in anticipation of knowing that at some point we would have to spend, we decided to look at options and alternatives. So when we started this project, it was, it was very much embarking on a new journey with AWS and, and news. Through the long-standing relationship we had, we knew that we could perhaps contribute to their roadmap and even influence it from, from time to time, expressing what we wanted to have back. So for, for that reason, it made it a good choice. It's also in fairness, and I'm being absolutely honest, some of the benefits and the reasons why workspaces is important to us today, we had no idea two years ago. We really didn't, um, partly because how new it was for both organizations. There are some obvious, obvious wins here, and often you see on the 
on the slide, we have the, the avoidance of a capex spend. I think that's pretty much standard and acknowledged within, within cloud computing. But some of my favourites, um, some of them are, the, are on the slide and others aren't, um, and I'll talk you through those. There's only four. First is licensing restrictions. When I consider what I have today and the amount of licenses I've had to, uh, had to purchase compared to what's being consumed today, I have a whole bunch of them just sitting idle doing nothing. It's a great cause of frustration, but you just have to shrug your shoulders and just acknowledge it. However, with a workspace, I know I can actually just identify the quantity I need, and whatever's been consumed, I'll end up paying for. And that's a huge advantage, really, um, and a real step away from the traditional approach to licensing a product from many years ago. Second is accessibility of, on a wide range of devices. This is really the springboard for other initiatives. Some of them we know, we are looking at sort of BYOD solutions. Um, but it also, if I think smartly about the product range or the hardware that I now buy for my end users, if I still go down the corporate route, I know I don't have to buy an all-powerful all singing desktop. I, ha I now have choices where I didn't have before. We can use our existing toolset, as I've mentioned, on SCCM, and this is a real big advantage and a real good saving. And fourthly, and obviously perhaps the most obvious and the reasons why we're here, is the hourly billing. A couple of years ago, when, when I said what's important for us now and today, hourly was almost on the top of that list because I knew some of the scenarios that I faced with my user community. And if AWS hadn't offered hourly, I don't think this would be on the table for us. I just don't think it, the maths wouldn't work out and the TCO wouldn't, wouldn't add up or be even presentable. So intended use cases. So we're 4,500 people, but we anticipate workspaces um, to be deployed currently at the moment to around five to 600 users. And then from our analysis, we've, cat we've categorized them into four, as you see there. The analysis took place assessing our whole enterprise. So that included um, our remote sites, print sites, there are remote users, and remote users could be a journalist or, a, or it just could be a salesman, just, just um, driving around uh, up and down the country. Including our editorial teams, the support of our editorial teams, the people that publish and help publish the magazines, for example. We have general support users, we have development product managers, and of course the administrative type of user, the HR, the finances. So I'll just go into the, the four. So the first one is, which fits very nicely into our monthly, is a full-time access to internal resources. So for us, that is a secure, constant, all day, every day usage. And we have around 20% of that, of that 500 users using this space. They use an application that the business deems critical, and the data inside it is considered to be very highly sensitive. So for that reason, a workspace was an obvious choice. They come in, they log on, they do their work, it is encrypted, it's secure, they're not able to pull the data off, they can't print it, they can't do all of those things. Now the next three sit very nicely into hourly. Um, so the first one, well, point number two, is our external support partners. Now these guys only really need it infrequently. They only really need it when we, when we need help ourselves. So 
Thankfully, it's infrequent, but once it's needed, the requirement is immediate. These are, support, uh, these are third parties that we assign accounts to that form part of our AD. They successfully log in, again, access to internal, internal resources for, uh, through that workspace. They have the tools enabled on their particular bundle that enable, enables them to, to access specific tools that will help with the diagnosis of certain problems. Thirdly, we have the um, employees that require intermittent access. This is me. This is where I, I fit in. I'm not really a technical. I, I manage a team of technical guys. And if I just do a quick recap of, as to what our environment looks like, it's all SAS orientated. So when I come in in the morning, I can actually work from our, from our Wi-Fi, the building Wi-Fi, or I can connect on the wire. I log into my Okta for my identity. And then from there, I have a whole suite of applications. And through SSO, I can gain access to my mail, my Dropbox, and do my work. 80% of my time is doing that and nothing else. That 20 other percent is actually accessing HR tool to approve a holiday request, procurement to approve a, a purchase order. Now I can't access that from the Wi-Fi or from identity. I actually need a secure way of connecting to, um, to those applications and that's where Workspace is coming. So what I simply do is I log into my Workspace takes a moment, gain access to those one or two or three applications that I use, do whatever I need to do, and I log off and I'm done. In reality, for me, that's only a couple of hours a week, nothing more than that. For others, it could be a little bit more or it could be less. But this is around 55, 60% of the 500 users. Now, that's quite a few hundred, so can you imagine if I just had to pay monthly subscription for, for me, but I only use it, Eight hours, a, eight hours a week, it's pointless. And it goes back to that licensing and that, that commit that I have to do at the very beginning. I, it's the same deal and, it, and it's not really conducive as to what I want to do. So that really would not work. And then the, the fourth um, use case is a business continuity solution. I like it for two reasons. One, it's of course, it's about the licensing. Um, if you have to invoke a BCP, I don't have all those licenses sitting idle, and I, don't, I never use them, thankfully, touch wood. The other reason I like it is because I don't have to manage an image. We have our, our BCP scenarios, we have to go to a, a, an off-site where they provide us with a hardware that is in our hardware. I have to maintain and keep, on, keep with an image. So if we go back to the accessibility and a wide range of devices, all I need is my BCP guys is to go on-site, log on to their workspace, and they can then actually do the editorial stuff, they can do the support items, they can do whatever they need to do. We have around four different bundles or images to support the different types of users. So if, and the 200 listed there is really more, more about the BCP testing that I have to do on a, on a frequent basis. However, I have the capabilities that if I was to invoke a BCP, I would need around 2,000 places. Now, that doesn't have to be in that facility anymore. That can be at Starbucks, it could be at home, it could be, it could be anywhere. The flexibility of my BCP has just widened and my, my costs have actually reduced. So that's one of the a key, the key tests for us that's up and coming soon that I'm really excited about to see how that works for us. So moving forward, um, we're doing a UAT on, on a particular use case at the moment. 
UAT is, is a painful exercise because you're relying on the user to tell you how good or bad it is, and sometimes they're just not as forward to come in with responses as you'd like them to be. But we're, we keep on at them, um, and, the, and the results are positive at the moment, and we're, we are pretty excited as to the potential results. As I mentioned about our, um, our DR, BCP exercise, we have actually one in the next couple of weeks, and this would be the real test to see whether this will actually work. So we have people go into that facility just using um, a browser, uh, sorry, using a workspace. We have then other people going home and going to various different locations, or even, even other offices, actually. So this would be a really good test for us and to see how well we can incorporate workspace into our business continuity. And it's something that you never really want to make a mistake on, because if you do, then it's the last thing you do in, in that office, really, isn't it? Um, we have a problem with editorial. We, we have a, an application that um, is highly dependent upon image rendering, and it's, and it's pretty tough. Um, as you can imagine, we, if you take the Sun newspaper as an example, 60% of it is all about the image. It's all about pictures. We, and obviously, editors, and the picture editors, they really just want to work on high-resolution images. The availability of um, new regions with workspaces kind of brings that to an advantage to us and we want to explore any opportunity that new regions are introduced to help reduce that latency that they're currently experiencing. It's not awful by any, by any stretch but it, we think it can always be better. Because of the relationship we have with, with AWS we are also able to explore um, and understand the roadmaps, what's going on, how they're doing it and as I mentioned we can contribute and influence on, the, on those roadmap items. We challenge them constantly, and we have a forum where we work with Salman and the workspace team around the globe, in fact, uh, and understanding what's going on, why is that feature above the other feature, and we, we challenge it, and, it, and it goes back and forth. And they also challenge us, actually, which is a, which is a good thing. We previously used their professional ProServe team to help us and guide us and to make sure that we got the path right. And they've also introduced us to a... Um, an AWS partner that we've worked with and continue to work with at the moment in terms of trying to get fit and ready for, so for some of these use cases that I've just described. But it's not all rosy, to be, to be honest. Uh, we do have challenges. Um, and we have a complex use case at the moment where we don't have... The, the use case doesn't sit particularly well within monthly. It doesn't really fit within hourly. Um, so there's two things that have come from that. One is we're badgering AWS and working with the team constantly to see how we can fix that technically. And quite rightly so, when we engage with ProServe, is they kind of threw the problem back at us a little bit and said, well, let's challenge the status quo. Do the users really need to work in that same way as they've always done for years, using that same old um, on-prem virtualization solution? And that's a fair question to ask. And that's something that we've learned on this journey constantly is let's not do the same thing, just not repeat it. Let's challenge it and do it slightly differently. Can we work with the teams that are impacted and understand whether we can actually, the workflows can work slightly differently? Do we turn it on its head completely? And in, in the main, when you, I certainly found is when you kind of share that problem with the teams, they start thinking about it themselves. Not all the time, though, if I'm honest. Um, but I think the key thing here is we have a complex use case 
and I'm confident by working with, with AWS, with Salmon, and the rest of the team that we'll find something that, that is, that is a, a good answer for us. So I'll just do a quick recap. So a quick recap. We have a diverse group of users with a wide range of needs. So monthly represented three quarters of my use case. If monthly wasn't around, I don't think workspaces will be, would be the solution for us. Possibly, but I'm not sure it would. It was a game changer for us in understanding um, the capabilities, the springboard for new opportunities, doing, working on new initiatives, and things that we're probably not even aware of at the moment, but that will come as we consume this service more and more and more. It does range from constant monthly to the criticality and urgent of infrequent use. I think the, work, the, the, the complex use case we'll work through. We'll work through it, and there will be an answer for it. In the meantime, our intention is to grow our workspace consumption, to, to issue it to more users, get them on it, and then hopefully we then start some new initiatives on top of that. So I'll, I'll hand you back to Salman, but thanks ever so much. Thanks, Richard. Really appreciate that. Um, so I think the couple of key things I want the audience to leave with. We consistently collaborate with our customers. We always are listening to what they want. And as Rich mentioned, we continue to work on roadmap items with them. They're a close partner to us. They help us improve our service for additional customers. And that's in our DNA. Um, so we want to continue to do that uh, with Rich and work on additional use cases that we have, uh, work on additional regional availability that he needs to help serve his business and his users. So uh, we continue to work that as part of our collaborative effort. So I want to leave the audience with some uh, as a recap of what we just discussed, we, we covered what's, I think, central to what Amazon Workspace is about. It provides a consistent de uh, desktop experience that your users will love at a cost that you can manage and be more ultimately be more agile in your organization. Uh, uh, Richard mentioned how he's been able to scale Workspaces quickly because it is this underlying fabric which simplifies desktop management and scale using our uh, APIs, using our tools, and our co management console. We've already covered that his, his desire at, at News UK to be in additional regions. So when we are in those regions, he'll be able to scale up his usage of workspaces quickly, as opposed to really re rethinking what it means to do an on-premises VDI or shipping of physical laptops. Those days for him are now far by gone, as he's worked closely with workspaces to address his particular needs. He covered SCCM, which covered other existing tools that just kind of work. And that is our, one of our tenants as a service, that we continue to make it easy for our organizations to work with what they have and use a more modern way of doing compute, desktop computing, ultimately leading to a higher flexibility and more agility for the organization and lowering that complexity of managing desktops at scale, at costs that organizations like and they can entertain. Um, with that, uh, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for coming to the session. Um, I hope you got a lot out of it. Uh, if you have any follow-up questions, we do have two mics uh, up there, and I'm happy to take a few questions from, from the audience for a few minutes. And when done, please do remember to complete your evaluations.